We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 223. Our guest today is a successful interior designer who has managed to combine her passion for riding and her career with equestrian-inspired interior design. So here to talk all about that today is our guest, Lindsay Hunter. Some people know if they've been following my equestrian style for a minute is that my husband flips houses, so you'll often see random house and interior content, and I love it. I think it's so cool, and I think that design in terms of interiors has always kind of like a high fashion. There's always kind of that equestrian essence that I feel like often gets threaded through. And so I'm so excited to have you on today, a little expert in the area of interior design, especially with your way that you've been able to kind of connect interior design and equestrian sport. So I would love to hear about all that. But first, how did you find yourself in the horse world? Well, I started off uh, at five. My parents had me do, you know, ballet and soccer and signed me up for all the different lessons. And um, I just wanted to ride. So I quit everything else and I'm glad that they exposed me to a lot of different things. But uh, once I got into riding, that's all I wanted to do. Pony club. And um, yeah, so started at five. Pony club, polo, box hunting. Did you ever have the like thought that um, like growing up with it and obviously having a love for it, that it would be intertwined in what you do for your career? No, not really. And it's funny because I, I, my first job was working for Ralph Lauren and I mean, I was a gift wrapper, you know, at 15 and at Christmas time and our home was always kind of in that style uh, you know, my dad loved Ralph Lauren. And, and so I was around it and around a lot of horse people and their homes. And it just kind of seemed to me like it was a really small niche. Like it was just the people around me that decorated their houses like that. But if I wanted a business um, that I would need to kind of reach a broader range of people and sort of be everything to everyone. And, um, it just didn't occur to me. I mean, I remember one time my dad said, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if you could somehow integrate your horse life into design? And I was like, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then I was watching a documentary about Ralph Lauren and he was talking about how, you know, when he got started, I mean, he wasn't a horse person. And when he came up with the name Polo, he just wanted a name that referenced sports in some way. And he thought that polo was a cool word, but he wasn't a horse person. So he built this whole empire around the equestrian aesthetic and he wasn't even an equestrian. And it just hit me like, okay, if he can do that and he's not even an equestrian, I mean, I can do this. I, I am an equestrian. I live and yeah. breathe this. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of when things changed for me. I realized I can't be everything to everyone. I'm 
every project was different. There was no focus. I would just show up to someone's house and say, you know, what is it that you want? What do you want to do? Oh, today it's craftsman. Tomorrow it's mid-century modern. It's traditional. And, you know, that was great experience, but, you know, there's a saying niche is rich and broad is broke, you know, and I just couldn't build the business that I wanted being everything to everyone. So it, it right. felt, um, once I heard Ralph Lauren say that, it just, like I said, it hit me like, okay, I can do this. I can, this is. Yep. If, if Ralph, Ralph can do it. If can Ralph do can it. do it, I surely can. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, especially because I feel like, um, even just um, horse prints are so popular right now. And you actually, you know, I would venture to say the prints that you have in your home are uh, mostly horses that you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, your own horses are, it's amazing. I think that equestrian has gotten so, so much a part of interior design that people put up horses, you know, that, that aren't theirs or that they don't have any emotional connection to, but. Even if they aren't horse people. Right. I have a lot of people that tell me they love my style and they aren't horse people at all. So I think that it's a really classic style that relates to a lot of people. I feel like everyone can appreciate the beauty of horses um, and how majestic they are, even if they don't actually ride. How do you define your style to your clients and others? I call it modern equestrian because I feel like it's, it's not traditional. Um, I, I take traditional things like a wingback chair. And if I put a more modern fabric on it, it, it makes it feel newer. I like antiques, but you know, I just don't do a lot with like really traditional, um, antiques. And so I feel like it's, it's kind of a more modern take on say like an old English manor, you know, in the countryside. So I just, when, you know, someone says, what is, well, and now I have images of the work that I've done to show people. And that's why I did my bedroom project um, because I would explain to people, I do modern equestrian and they would say, what is that? Right. What does that look like? And I was trying to describe it to people. And so um, I just invested in my own home, did my bedroom project so that I had something to show people to say, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is my style. Um, you know, because every project that I do is based around the clients and what they want mm -hmm. and their vision and bringing that to life. And so I didn't have a project that I could show someone to say, this is 100% my style. And um, so I did my bedroom, had it photographed, and then I could use that to show people this is what I mean. And now it's your showroom. It is. Yeah. And then I, I did my office and so, but you know, it's using a lot of greens and browns and blacks, leather, you know, things that we find at the barn, sort of but take the color palette from the barn and nature and, and bring it into the house. Run me through your bedroom project where you, when you are working with kind of a, a blank slate, something where you get to have all creative liberties, use mm hundred -hmm. percent of your style. What was that like for you? How do you kind of go through the process of drawing inspiration and making a plan? I think that with that project, I started with the wall color. I knew that I wanted a dark green. It tends to be, it's a color that I want to use frequently, but I have a hard time convincing clients 
to do it. And so I had some clients not too long ago that said, you know, I just don't like green. It was like, (gasps) (laughs) I don't think this is going to work out. No, this is not going (laughs) to work out. (laughs) So I, I started with that. And I remember my husband said, are you sure you want to do green? I mean, what if we did a, a dark gray or something? I said, you are not involved in this project. Love you, but it's going to be green. Yep. So grab a paintbrush, help me out. Um, so I started with that and then I found the artwork and I knew I wanted a set of four on either side of, you know, two on either side of the bed and um, found this beautiful set of four from Heart Equestrian. And then it just started to take shape, you know, kind of around the hunter green color and those prints. I found the rug and um, it just kind of all started coming together. But yeah, I I started with the wall color because that was I knew that that was going to be dramatic and a big part of the design. Do you like to change up your own home often? Like, do you feel like you want to redo your office again or like it, do you get in those like spurts that I feel like I would want to do that. I do. Yeah. After I did the bedroom, I, I really got the bug because before then I had never really invested in my home. And so if you go back and you look at the blog posts of the, the before pictures, you know, I really kind of make fun of myself because the bedroom was very pathetic. Um, it was hand-me-down furniture and a lot of pieces that we've kind of collected over the years and, nothing really went together, but it was just sort of this poor little forgotten space. And, you know, my living room, I have little kids. And so I can only do so much. I used to have a nice coffee table. Now we have an upholstered ottoman that holds toys. You know, we needed something that was soft when they were learning how to walk. And so, you know, my husband and I look at that room and we're like, gosh, I can't wait to update this one day. But right now the little kids are still spilling food and, you know, kind of destroying it. So yes, I would like to tear my whole house apart (laughs) and redo it. But I I also have to be mindful of, you know, the kids and where we're at, at this stage in our lives. Um, We have some really nice restoration hardware dining chairs in a sand linen that I got before we had kids. Wow. And now It's just, you know, every time they even, you know, I saw my two-year-old walk through the dining room with a marker in her hand with the cap off. It's like, no, 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 stay out of that room. Don't go anywhere near the chairs. And I don't want to worry about my furniture. Probably wouldn't have purchased those chairs if I knew how destructive kids were. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yes, then after doing the bedroom, I, I said, well, you know, my accountant said, why in the world did you do your bedroom? You can't write that off. You know, you should have done your office. And I said, huh, my office. Good yeah, idea. I will. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I will. Um, so yeah, as soon as I finish this project, I'm, you know, start looking at the other rooms. My husband's like, slow down. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I feel like everyone, everyone always wants the, like, I'm literally staring at my white slipcover couch and mm-hmm. the linen, like, it's just so beautiful. But the, even without having children, I spill on it or my yeah. dog, my dog hair is all over it. And it's just like, oh, in theory, it's so pretty, but I know. not very practical. I know that is a, a hard balance. And I work with a lot of families and, uh, you know, that is a challenge. We use a lot of performance fabrics. 
and um, not a lot of white slip covered sofas. But, yep. um, <laughs> you live and you learn. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, because obviously a big pivotal moment was kind of combining your two passions of equestrian and interior design. And it's something that I've done with my career as well. And that, you know, others through um, that I've worked with in the past within the industry who are riders or have grown up riding and want to, you know, find love and passion in their career by merging the two. And I think it's so important because we spend so much of our everyday life doing our job. And so finding something that we can really be passionate towards is so important. So what advice would you give to someone who might be, you know, have a career outside of the industry or maybe within, um, but also has that tight connection to who they are as an equestrian, what advice would you give to them if they are nervous or feel stuck in how, you know, they would combine two things like that? Well, I think that it's important to realize what your superpower is. You know, everybody has something that's special about them that's unique to them. And there's no reason to keep those two things separate. You know, if you can find a way to bring what's unique about you into your business, then you've created a superpower. So I think that in your, in the beginning of your career, sometimes it can be hard to know what your specialty is, but if you draw from your personal life and um, you know, that's why it, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that, horses were my superpower in interior design. I just felt like they needed to be kept separate. And I even felt like on Instagram that I shouldn't be posting about my horse on my business page or anything horse related, because that might turn people off. You know, I was afraid that if someone saw into that life, you know, my weekend life, and then on the weekends, I wear muddy boots, you know, that that would make me look less professional. And I realized that those are not my clients, then those, those are not my people. And when I niched my business, and I started posting a lot more about my horse and stories of what was going on at the barn, I started losing a lot of followers. And it was scary at first. I just was seeing these numbers dropping and like, oh no, what have I done? Where are these people going? They don't like me anymore. But then I started gaining more followers from the equestrian community and more support and making friends and being asked to be on a podcast or being asked to, you know, be in a magazine or a blog. And, and um, I realized that that it was okay to let those people go that didn't see my vision or they didn't, if they wanted to unfollow me because they didn't like horses or they didn't like that I was a horse person, then I don't need them, you know, because I have clients now that are not horse people, but they still love me. (laughs) They still, you know, they still want to support. They still understand that I have a passion and they can appreciate that. And I can apply my love for combining a passion, a personal passion with my business that applies to, you know, my clients that are passionate about um, movies and bringing their Hollywood memorabilia into their home, you know, because they can see that I have a passion I bring into my home. That's a transferable skill. 
um, and I can bring their passion into their home. So I don't know if that answered your question, but my point was that, um, you know, I think if you find what's unique to you, and even if it's, you know, being like for a designer who is a mom, maybe she wants to create family spaces and she wants to specialize in, you know, playroom design, but she's really passionate about her kids and their education. And, you know, that's something that can make her unique, um, make her stand out. So I think that if you just, if you focus on what makes you special and, and what you're really passionate about, if it's authentic, then, you know, people will see that you're passionate about it and, and they'll want to be around you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really great advice. I wanted to thank our sponsor today, O3 Animal Health. If you haven't heard about them before, their signature product is Equine Omega Complete. It's a specifically formulated blend that does so much more than simply add weight if needed or produce a shiny hair coat for your horse. These products support healthy cell function in the horse. They cleanse the cell membrane. Every cell in a horse's body is surrounded by fat. Their products provide the healthiest fat possible so that nutrients and waste can get in and out of the cells. O3 Animal Health is used by some of the top horse horse breeders, trainers, horse owners, vets, and it supplies a complete balance of beneficial fatty acids to provide the perfect fat for proper cell function. If you want to learn more, I had Kathleen Downs, who is a representative over at O3 Animal Health on the podcast. She was episode 122. If you want to go check it out, or you can visit their website at o the number 3 animalhealth.com and if you want to try out any products use the code podcast for $10 off any product thank you so much o3 animal health all right let's get back to the episode for you kind of also alluded to the idea of us as equestrians no matter what our style is and design I think we I think you could find almost any equestrian's home having some sort of print or accessory or you know something that would point back to their equestrian life. If someone listening, which I would assume is an equestrian, would say that they are wanting to start incorporating more equestrian style into their home, what are some like practical tips that you would give that person? I think one easy way to start is I really like bringing tack into my home. I treat it like it's a piece of art. It's memorabilia. Um, to me, my halter from a horse that passed, you know, is as, or her stall nameplate is as special to me as, you know, a client saying, you know, here's a piece of artwork we have signed by this artist or, you know, it's, it's my memorabilia from my time with that horse. Um, I have my saddle in my office and had a custom standing rack built for it. So it has its own place in the, in front of the window and it's like a piece of art. I have my boots. I have probably three different bridles hanging in my office and helmets. It's, you know, even my polo helmet that's all scratched and beat up and, you know, all this stuff was sitting in my garage in bins and it was just getting moldy and the leather was cracking. And I wasn't even really sure why I was saving all of that stuff from horses that are long gone. 
but it's just it's a part of my history with them you know i look at that bridal like oh that was my hunt bridal with that horse or you know oh that was my first bridal i remember that pony you know and so i i hang on to this stuff it's part of my history and so i bring it into my house and kind of showcase it like it's a piece of art um, in my built-ins behind me i had i took out some shelves so that I could create a space for a picture of my horse and have her um, halter on hanging on one side and her bridle hanging on the other. And I have my polo mallets hanging and, you know, it's like artwork to me. Definitely. Absolutely. And that's something that everybody has, you know, we all have that. We all have right. extra tack and you can, it's easy to, I took a bit and some reins and wrapped it around drapery curtains as a tie back and um, stirrup irons. You know, I, use those as bookends sometimes, or I just have two stirrup irons just sitting on top of some books on my dresser. And it's, you know, again, it's a reminder of the time that I spent in those stirrup irons with that horse. How many miles did we ride with my boots in those stirrups? And I cleaned them up a little bit and I took the rubber pads out, you know? Yeah. But we all have that extra stuff laying around. You can take a bit and hang it on the wall. How many bits do you have? sitting in a tack trunk right now. Exactly. You know, so those are great accessories and you don't have to go anywhere and buy anything. You have them in your garage. Yep. I love that. That's such a great point. And I, the personalized feel to it too, where it's, it's going to tell a story also, I think is so important with interior design too. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about your design endeavors. You have your design business, um, Hunter Design, and you also have your e-commerce store, Modern Equestrian Shop. So could you tell us a little bit about each of those? So I've had Hunter Design since 2010 and um, but focusing on the equestrian industry since 2019. And I have always wanted a shop. And I just kind of wanted to curate a collection of products that I love. And so I launched that last year. Um, finally, it was a labor of love. And so it's all, it, it's not necessarily some of the tartan blankets that I have, or, you know, they are not necessarily equestrian um, related, but they, they have that feel to me. So I just curate this collection of products that feel it doesn't have to be literal some of the things have actual bits on them or um you know like little stirrup class but it doesn't have to be so literal it's just the feeling of you know like an english countryside house so yeah that's been a really fun project and met a lot of really great people through that and um you know, got to go to this networking event in Middleburg last year because of that with other equestrian business owners. And uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a booth at the steeplechase here in Nashville in May. So I'm excited to kind of show all the products and meet people at the steeplechase. So if anybody's going, stop by, stop by my booth. Love that. I love it. <laughs> what would you say was the inspiration behind creating the store? And yeah, what are, what are some more pieces that we could find in it? Well, I wanted to be able to give people some of my, you know, like favorite items without them having to hire me, you know, hmm. someone on the other side of the country who 
maybe is not able to hire me or maybe they just want a couple small things. They see a chair in my office and they want to kind of create that same look with the throw blanket and a pillow. And so that that's a way for people to get the look, you know, without necessarily having to hire me. I just find things that I love and want to, you know, I have so many things. I have a lot of new things that I haven't even put on the website yet. I just have so many great pieces that I love and I just collect them and I don't even have time to sell all of them, (laughs) but I, you know, I just, um, so I need to, I am, I'm hiring someone to help me with that, but, um, yeah, I just, I see things that I love. I have a, uh, I just collaborated with a company that created a custom pillow for me out of some vintage Ralph Lauren scarves and, um, and Hermes scarves. And I have a new cashmere blanket collection and working on a custom wallpaper line with an equestrian artist. And so a lot of really exciting things that they're just, I just love these products. So it's kind of why I put that together. In the past, or maybe today also, do you do a lot of thrifting or like kind of hunting for pieces that way? I do. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of great stores online now um, that there's this one called um, the Polo House of Chicago. They have a lot of great things I can always find. I know I'm looking for a silver trophy or something kind of decorative for a bookshelf or a bookend or something like that. Um, they always have great things and, and prints and um, heart equestrian is, is one that I really love. She has really great artwork. So yeah, I've, I've been able to do a lot of online shopping, which is great now that, um, you know, a lot of times if I'm looking for something really specific, like a, an equestrian trophy, I might need to broaden my search range and find something in England, right. you know, that yeah. um, I wouldn't have, you know, now there's a lot of stuff on eBay and I, um, or even Etsy and Instagram. So I do, there are um, some stores in town that I, I try to, you know, stop by and see what they have, but that is really time consuming and it's kind of hit or miss. And so I don't, I don't usually just pop in to check in on their inventory. I'm usually looking for something and then mm-hmm. taking pictures of, of, you know, what they have, but sometimes that stuff can go quickly. So you kind of have to have a client in mind and know, go in there knowing I'm looking for these items and you have to buy them right away. I grew up doing going to a lot of garage sales with my mom. I'm from Wisconsin, so we called them rummage sales. And anytime that we would happen upon a brass or a silver trophy, we grab mm-hmm. like that was mm-hmm. like one of our go-to things. Like if we saw it, yeah, we for sure had to get it. It's Same. just the the look of it and and it looks great by itself, but like it looks awesome as like a vase and like there's so mm-hmm. many different things you can do to style it. I feel like it works across so many different types of interior design styles. Um, but that's always, that's always one of the things that I'm looking for. Yeah. Same. I have so many of them and they look good all together too, with like the different sizes and next to each other. I love that look. Yes. I do have a soft spot for silver trophies. Yes. I wish they, I wish they still use them like in normal competition. Um, I know they have like perpetual trophies, but just not the same vibe anymore. Yeah. And you can't keep them. 
Right. Exactly. You have like obviously a super beautiful collection of the products in the stores um, from the time that you like select what you want to have in the store. What is that process like for you? And are they, do you have the physical items that people purchase? Um, How does that whole process work kind of on the back end of your business? I do have a closet full of inventory. Yeah. Um, kind of overflowing. I I just love I get so excited to place a new order and have all this stuff come in and I'm always like, well, I might just need to keep one of these for myself as mm-hmm. a sample. <laughs> I'm going to test it for your future see showroom how, additions. Yes. Yep. <laughs> see how durable this cashmere is and you know, and then a lot of times I I will wear them. I have a new scarf line that I'm really excited about and um I just I took one out of the box and decided to wear it on St. Patrick's Day because it was kind of an olive green. And I posted a story and this lady messaged me and said, where's that scarf from? And I said, well, it's going to be in my shop. I just yeah. haven't put them on my website yet. And she said, I'm buying one. Let me know when they're up. So, it. you know, that's that's exciting when people appreciate, you know, because I pull it out of the box and say, wow, I'm really excited about this. I love it. I hope that other people are as, as excited. So, but yeah, I guess the process is, um, it depends on if I'm going to private label something. Um, and then I, you know, they're custom making the, taking my logo and printing it. And, um, so I had a, a blanket company that did a private label, uh, collection for me. And so, you know, we went through lots of rounds of, you know, how the logo was going to be printed on and what kind of label and, um, it's actually printed on a leather. That's really cool. So um, on a herringbone blanket. And but some of the items are already made, and I'm not private labeling them. Um, I just buy them as is. They're just perfect the way they are. And so I usually start with a couple of colors and kind of test it out and see what people like, and then I add more colors. Yeah, I have a lot of different vendors, manufacturers from all over the world. So it's it's been really cool to to pull all that together and and kind of have a shop where I can say this is my look. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's important too, just to have a collection of of things for people to really get to know your style. Do you also mm-hmm. offer online or over the phone consulting? It depends on. I, I have done that. Um, I had someone that reached out and they wanted a consultation for their barn and just wanted some paint colors and things like that. And, um, you know, and that was fun. So yeah, if it's equestrian related and, um, something that I'm excited about, then I, I will do that. As far as balance with your life and your career, your family, equestrian stuff and different endeavors that you have, how do you manage to balance it? Do you um, still have some saddle time? What does it look like for you right now? I do. I, the first thing I do on my calendar is block out my barn time. Nice. And that is a non-negotiable. Um, that's really important for my sanity. You know, that's how I justify it, that it's for everybody's benefit yeah. that I get my barn time. Um, so yeah, that's, I block that out. There are certain hours of the week where I just do not schedule meetings and everybody has to work around it. Um, but that is really important to me. And I have 
my time with my kids. And so my work day ends at, at two usually. And then I'm back in the office, which is nice working from home. I'm back in the office when they go to bed at, you know, 830. Um, but I have just hired someone I'm very excited about. It's going to help take some of that pressure off so that I can spend more time at the barn and not be looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. That's a awesome Thank step. You. Um, but it, it is a hard balance, especially with mm-hmm. kids and yeah, two businesses, but it's, I do, I start my week by just blocking out that time and that, that just has to happen. And if something there are occasionally times where there's a really important meeting that needs to happen and the contractor and the client, everybody can only meet on this day. And I'm like, shoot, that's my non-negotiable time. Well, I don't just get rid of that time. That block of time has to be allocated to another day. So unless there's, you know, something weather related, which does happen in Tennessee. Yep. There are times where I'm sitting inside, looking out the window, like, I did not get my barn time today. Mm-mm. It's not no, fair. Not going to happen. Maybe I should move to Florida. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you. Um, tell me about an area of the industry that you are very passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about. Well, I think that a lot of people are intimidated by hiring a designer. They think that I'm going to come in and just sort of dominate the project and everything's going to be over budget and, and I'm going to kind of take over and do everything my style. And, you know, that's just not how I work. I like to collaborate with people and I um, am here to alleviate stress and pain. It is a painful process going through a renovation and even ordering furniture right now is painful. Everything's delayed. So I, I do my best to make it a, you know, to alleviate their pain and make it a fun process. Um, And then, you know, now my focus is really helping people to bring in their passion and their, you know, equestrian items into their house. So I'll start by saying, you know, what do you have in your garage? Tell me about a horse that you've lost or, or another horse that's maybe still here. That's very important to you. Um, Tell me about your story because that's, you know, I don't want to just come in and say, just let me do everything. I'm going to, I'm going to do my style and, um, you know, bulldoze over you. I, I'm here to, to serve and bring their passion out into their house. I think that's what makes an interior designer like yourself so successful is that you have found the perfect balance between using your gift and your skill and your area of expertise while also having the open-mindedness to take into account your client's style and their non-negotiables too. Cause I feel like that balance can be hard to find sometimes. Yeah. But ultimately I want their house to represent them. I want it to feel like them. I don't want someone to walk in and say, Oh, you clearly had a designer do this. I want it to look like it was their vision, but I just brought it to life and maybe, you know, hopefully made it better than they imagined it could be, but it still has to reflect them and their personality and their story. Definitely. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time to walk me through what you do and how you got to this amazing point. I think that what you're doing is so cool and really 
um, I was able to reflect our industry. And I think, you know, everyone is always trying to incorporate more equestrian style into their homes. And I think you do that in such a great way. So I appreciate it. I love watching your journey of your businesses and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.